0: We're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans. From the West Coast, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Saturday, July 29th, 2023. Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis just happened this past Wednesday and Thursday. We are now only five days away from the start of fall camp, which begins this coming Thursday, and only five weeks away from the season opener against the Hoosiers in Bloomington on September 2nd. So I'm back with you today because I want to talk a little bit about a few items that came out of Big Ten Media Days earlier this week, and they're largely around the Ohio State-Michigan game. Now, according to the cleveland.com preseason Big Ten football poll, Michigan is an overwhelming favorite to repeat as Big Ten champions this season. 27 of the 37 voters picked the Wolverines. Ohio State was a distant second with only eight votes. And, you know, look, after the results of the last two games between Ohio State and Michigan and what the Wolverines have coming back this season, it makes sense. And, And I've got no problem with Michigan carrying the mantle of preseason favorites. According to Pick 6 Preview, the Wolverines return 84% of their production on offense and 78% of their production on defense. And all four of the respected preseason publications I read recently, Athlons, Lindy's, Phil Steele, and Pick 6 Preview, have Michigan winning the Big Ten and making the playoff. And many have said this is likely going to be Jim Harbaugh's best team since he took the helm at Michigan. The Wolverines are getting their due respect from every corner of the college football universe right now, and I have no problem with that. But there is one view of the Ohio State-Michigan matchup this season that has never really sat well with me, and I think now is totally overblown, and I want to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, And we heard this in abundance from both the Ohio State beat as well as national analysts at Big Ten Media Days. And I'm talking about this notion that Ohio State is a finesse team built to win in domed stadiums in perfect conditions that, you know, wilts in the face of Michigan's physicality in outdoor stadiums in late November. I mean, it's very common now to hear the folks who cover college football for a living say that Ohio State is built to beat SEC teams in the playoffs, but Michigan is uniquely built to beat Ohio State now. There are a few different issues I have with that premise. First, as a proud Ohio State fan whose program is built on a very physical brand of football that has produced some of the most dominant rushing attacks and stifling defenses that the game has ever seen, it makes my ears fucking bleed to hear anyone suggest that Ohio State has become the college version of the run and shoot Houston Oilers. (laughs) And another issue I have with the premise is... You know, if Ohio State really truly is a finesse team that can't compete with Michigan in the trenches, then how do we explain last year's Peach Bowl? I mean, because you're going to hear most of the experts say that Georgia is a supersized version of Michigan that likes to win in much the same way with dominant defense and a physical running game, only the Bulldogs do it with a lot more talent than Michigan. So if, if Georgia and Michigan are cut from the same cloth, only the Bulldogs are the superior quality, then Why did they pretty much need every conceivable break to eke past the Buckeyes by one point in the Peach Bowl last season? Now, finally, and I think most importantly, this notion that Ohio State can't handle Michigan's physicality is built on a very small sample size, Uh, a single on the field result. And that's the 2021 game in Ann Arbor, which indisputably, the Wolverines did, in fact, bully the Buckeyes and overwhelm them on both lines of scrimmage that day. Almost 300 yards rushing for the Wolverines, nine different rushes of 13 yards or more, and six rushing touchdowns. And, you know, say for a very brief period in the second quarter of that game, Michigan did did whatever they wanted on the ground. And on the other side of the ball, the Wolverines stifled the Buckeye running attack. Only 64 yards rushing on 30 carries for the Buckeyes that day. And Aiden Hutchinson and the Michigan pass rush lived in the Ohio State backfield, a staggering 31 pressures and four sacks of C.J. Stroud that day. So, look, nobody from either side of the rivalry will argue against the physical beatdown Michigan put on Ohio State in that game back in 2021. But the 2022 result, which the scoreboard would suggest Michigan won in the same fashion, was actually a very different story. And I think what's happening is a lot of folks, the national analysts most especially, are conflating the 2021 and 2022 games. And I can see how that might happen. I mean, the final scores look very similar, 42 to 27, 45, 23, both overwhelmingly in Michigan's favor. But if you look a little closer at both the backdrop of last year's game, as well as how Michigan went about winning it or how Ohio State lost it, You'll see the, the only real similarity between last year's game and 2021 is the final score. Beyond that, I think the games are very different stories. And let me explain. If we want to understand how Ohio State lost to Michigan in the fashion they did last season, you have to start with the Trojan horse that was Michigan's narrow 19-17 escape against Illinois the week before. Now, as we remember, Blake Corn was injured in that game. He had to leave after only one carry in the third quarter. Donovan Edwards also did not play in that game. And it was a rough day for J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan receivers, who did just barely enough in the passing game to squeak by Illinois. Uh, McCarthy had 16 incompletions in that game. He did not throw a touchdown pass. And look, McCarthy's struggles with his accuracy actually started several weeks before that game. And Illinois, you know, or so we thought, appeared to have really exposed the Michigan offense in a way that we had not seen and in a way that many, myself included, thought Ohio State would have been able to replicate. Michigan came into the horseshoe last season, ranked 99th nationally in passing offense. They were also really struggling as an offense to score touchdowns in the red zone. They were 59th nationally in that statistics going, you know, going into the matchup with the Buckeyes. Which actually was very weird for a team that ran the ball as well as Michigan. You would think they would have been a much more efficient team in the red zone with the way they ran the ball. But that was not the case. And now, you know, Blake Corum is severely injured going into that game against Ohio State. So those statistics, the Corum injury, the narrow escape against Illinois, all of that, I'm convinced, fooled everyone including Jim Knowles. Uh, I'm not sure if it was intentional or, or what they call a happy accident, but it was a dress-up in deception for the Michigan offense, who, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, caught the Buckeye defense totally off guard last season in Columbus. Now, the Ohio State defense went into that game expecting a fist fight in a phone booth with the Michigan running game. Now, also, we remember that coming off that 2021 embarrassment, Ohio State last season wanted to show the world that they were a tough team. Right, I mean, toughness was a huge theme throughout last season. Uh, it was one of the first words toughness was out of Ryan Day's mouth after the season opening win over Notre Dame. And it was a word we heard over and over again throughout the season from Ryan Day. But, you know, I remember our good friend Doug Maurice saying several times before the game last season that, you know, High State had to be careful about getting too caught up in a in winning a toughness contest With Michigan. Uh, They might end up winning the toughness contest, but if they're not careful, they could lose the football game. LeMaurice said that several times throughout last season, and those words turned out to be pretty prophetic um, because uh, Doug turned out to be right. That's exactly what happened in the 2022 game. By the way, congratulations to Doug on the new gig at Rivals. He's joining Austin Ward, Jeremy Birmingham, and Bill Landis there. Uh, That's going to be a great one-stop shop for Buckeye fans uh, for Ohio State coverage. Anyway, I digress. Now, when it became obvious that Blake Corum would not be a factor in the 2022 game, the Ohio State defense showed J.J. McCarthy and the rest of the Michigan skill players absolutely no respect, playing, you know, cover zero, blitzing their linebackers and safeties, leaving their corners in one-on-one coverage with no safety help. And as we know now, Uh, That was a major miscalculation by Jim Knowles uh, because that opened the door to a flurry of explosive plays, which accounted for 349 of Michigan's 530 total yards. Five plays, which all went for touchdowns, accounted for 70% of Michigan's yardage total in that game last season. And, you know, looking back on it, man, the big play was the only real path to victory for Michigan. When you consider their struggles in the red zone and the fact that they were without Blake Corum um, and the Ohio State defense obliged with a hyper aggressive game plan, poor tackling, blown coverages and bad run fits. I mean, look, the 2022 game was not the physical domination on both lines of scrimmage for Michigan that the 2021 game was. A lot of people have that confused. And let me share some numbers with you to illustrate my point. Consider this. Now, after three quarters last year, Michigan only had 90 yards rushing on 21 carries. That's 4.3 yards per carry. And Donovan Edwards only had 47 yards rushing on 17 carries through three and a half quarters before he popped that first long touchdown run midway through the fourth quarter. Now, in 2021, Michigan had 197 yards on 26 carries after three quarters for a 7.6 yards per carry average. So a very stark contrast in Michigan's success in running the football between the two games. Also, consider last year the Buckeye defense forced five different Michigan three and outs in last year's game. In 2021, they only forced one. And in last year's game, Ohio State ran for 143 yards on 29 carries against the Michigan defense. Uh, you know, uh, they were averaging eight yards a carry, Ohio State was running the football uh, going into halftime. And on the game, they averaged 4.9 yards per carry uh, against Michigan. You compare that to 2021, Michigan held them to only 64 yards on 30 carries. That's only 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, Finally, last year, the Michigan defense only had 11 pressures on CJ Stroud. I mean, they sacked him once, they finished with three tackles for loss. Those are pretty modest numbers. In 2021, Michigan pressured Stroud 31 times. They sacked him four times and, and they finished with eight tackles for loss. That's more than twice as many tackles for loss than they did last year. And on top of all that, Ohio State finished with nearly 500 yards total offense against Michigan in last year's game. So, you know, those numbers do not tell the story of physical domination. And neither would your eyes if you went back and watched that game. So I just want to make that very clear. Ohio State was not physically dominated on both lines of scrimmage in 2022 as they were in 2021. And look, when the dam finally broke... On the Buckeyes late in the fourth quarter last year, it it wasn't from taking body blows from the Michigan offensive and defensive lines like 2021. I believe firmly that it was the effect of repeated self-inflicted wounds and mental mistakes in the second half that by the middle of the fourth quarter had ground the Buckeyes down psychologically, especially on defense. I mean, if we go back and we remember in the third quarter, you know, High State comes out of the half with a three-point lead. They start the third quarter by giving up another long pass play for a touchdown to Michigan. It was McCarthy to Loveland for 45 yards, thanks to another blown coverage in the secondary that gave Michigan a 24-20 lead. Now, with Michigan still leading 24-20 to later in the third quarter, a 23-yard pass play from Stroud to Chip Trainham that set the Buckeyes up with a first down at the Michigan 25-yard line was wiped out by two penalties on Ohio State. A holding penalty and an unsportsmanlike penalty, and instead, that put the Buckeyes in a first and 35 from their own 27-yard line. Now, later on that same possession, Ohio State blew a perfect opportunity at a fake punt because the long snapper didn't know the fake was on. Mitch Rossi, who was the up man, was supposed to get the ball, and he had a huge hole on the left side of the offensive line with Tommy Eichenberg as a lead blocker. I think Rossi might very well have scored on that play, which would have given Ohio State the lead back, but instead they had to punt the ball back to Michigan. Now, on the uh, the ensuing possession, with Michigan still leading 24-20, there was the devastating pass interference call on Ronnie Hickman on third down and 10 from the Ohio State 14-yard line that gave Michigan a fresh set of downs from the Ohio State 2. Now, that allowed Michigan to punch it in to take a commanding 31-21 lead after burning almost eight minutes off the clock. And at that point, that's when Ohio State's will started to break, and it was largely the result of the self-inflicted wounds that I've just described. Now, look, you got to credit Michigan for taking advantage of Jim Knowles' hubris and the Ohio State mental mistakes. I mean, and also for making very few mistakes of their own. Michigan only had 30 yards and penalties that day compared to 91 for Ohio State. And they did a good job of limiting explosive plays from the Ohio State offense. They forced the Buckeyes to execute in the red zone. I mean, look, had Ohio State taken that same approach on defense – I'm not sure Michigan even scores a single touchdown in that game. I mean, the only touchdown that they did score that didn't come on an explosive play required 15 plays, almost eight minutes, and a pass interference call on third down for the Ohio State 14-yard line. I mean, it's very hard to envision Michigan scoring a ton of points if Ohio State just forced them to kind of drive the length of the field and execute in the red zone rather than giving up so many explosive plays. So if in this year's game... Michigan can duplicate what they did to the Buckeyes back in 2021. Okay, you know, maybe I'll start coming around on this popular belief, this popular misconception right now that Ohio State can't handle Michigan's physicality. But right now, a one-game sample size is way too small for me to accept that theory. Okay, one other item from Big Ten Media Days I want to touch on very quickly before I wrap things up. Ryan Day was asked about the Big Ten's new scheduling format with protected rivalries, you know, USC, UCLA entering the league and the elimination of divisions in 2024. And he was asked specifically about the timing of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And his answer was pretty interesting. Day said, quote, I think it's worth a long discussion about where the game should be placed. If it's the same way it was last year, we'd be playing back-to-back games. And then who knows, maybe even again in the playoffs. So I just think that needs to be taken into consideration. Not that we shouldn't move it, but I think it's worth talking about end quote. Now, naturally those comments created quite the stir among the traditionalists in the Ohio State fan base who are you know pretty steadfast in their belief that the game should be the regular season finale for the Buckeyes and the Wolverines every single season without exception. Now, I don't have a really strong conviction here. And if you want Ohio State and Michigan to continue to play the Saturday after Thanksgiving, you know, from here to eternity, God bless. But it doesn't require a lot of mental gymnastics or a vivid imagination to envision a scenario where... A rematch between Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten title game is assured and fans tune into the regular season matchup only to find key players on snap limits or sitting the game out altogether to stay fresh for the rematch the following week. And, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the regular season matchup in that scenario could just could actually lose quite a lot of juice. I mean, you'd have both coaches holding things back, not wanting to show their hand before the Big Ten title game. But we could start seeing some oddly vanilla performances between Ohio State and Michigan during the regular season when a rematch in the title game is assured. Now, I think that could be avoided if the regular season matchup is moved to a point in the season, say, I don't know, early or mid October, when both teams are still jockeying for position in the Big Ten standings and building their playoff resumes. And, you know, if in this new world of no divisions and an expanded playoff, you know, starting next season, we want to assure Ohio State and Michigan are giving it their all when they play during the regular season, that I think you have to be open to moving the game to earlier in the schedule. So, you know, look, 2024, I think it's likely to be a really tough year of adjustment for a certain segment of the fan base. It's going to be difficult for some fans to see USC and UCLA playing with a Big Ten patch on their uniforms. And it's going to be hard for some fans to wrap their heads around the idea that the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game is still going to have a chance to win a national championship in most seasons. Now, I'm personally excited about Big Ten and playoff expansion. I'm excited about the elimination of divisions. And I'm thrilled – That a single regular season loss can no longer destroy Ohio State's national title hopes as it did, you know, in 1995, 96, 98, 2013, 2015 and 2018. I mean, it never made sense to me that college football required regular season perfection to win a title when in the NFL you can lose six or seven games and still win the Super Bowl. So I'm very excited about this brave new world of college football coming in 2024. I think it's going to be even more fun and exciting than the game is now. And look, you know, most of the great traditions of college football will still be preserved in this new era of of the game. Okay, that's going to do it for me. Look for another pod from us in the next week or so. I'm going to try and wrangle Paige and Chad for a look at how things are going in fall camp. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. Been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.